shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is, as always, Bradshaw Farlog. It's not changing. And joining me again, and this probably isn't changing either, Karina Mustafa. Karina, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I was going to say, you know, maybe you might want to change it to Brad uh, since we were talking yesterday. One day, one day. Basic names. We'll go Brad <laughs> and Maria uh, for a show and then see how much we confuse people. But uh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere for the time being. <laughs> for the time being we just, you never know i might i might this we'll see how this next uh this segment goes here um we have a fun little episode today so we're doing some nba awards uh some real awards and then um the ones that the nba gives out those 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 fake awards but the real awards are the ones we made up ourselves uh we'll get to those and they're they're fun and they're great but we're gonna start with something that um those listening probably remember or know that uh I put out an article yesterday on the Raptors Insider. Why Toronto Raptors fans should cheer for the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. And I know that sounds yeah. crazy to a lot of people. It sounded crazy to Karina too. I think I made some very fair and valid points. Karina disagreed. Um, so I'm going to give her the chance. She had a lot of points written down and I, we, I wanted to save them uh, for today. So Karina, please, uh, let's, we'll get, let's get started. Uh, give me point number one as to what was wrong with my article. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through each point that Bradshaw wrote in his article about okay. why we should cheer for the Bucks in the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you why each of those points sucks, except for one. First one, Cream City. He says, and I quote, how can you not cheer for a team that is so blissfully unaware that they wore these for the whole season? So these are those really ugly. They're not, okay, okay, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think the jerseys themselves are ugly. I think they're very nice. It's just funny that they say Cream City on them. If it said Milwaukee okay. in the cursive font, I think that I think people would have been like, wow, these are really nice. I think they're ugly. Okay. I do not like that color. I think I posted about it a while ago. I can't remember if it was controversial or not, but a lot of things I say are controversial. But I... <laughs> right, Stephen A. Smith, my goodness. Uh, but I do not... I've never liked these jerseys. And okay. the fact that they do say Cream City and the fact that you would think that that is a good enough reason for us to cheer for them is just plain dumb. Well, like, it's, a, it's it's a, it's funny, right? It's like, oh, look at there, you got you could get in on the joke with us, you know? Like it's it's a good bit. See, here's the thing: you guys are the <laughs> joke in this scenario. Yeah, but like I feel so like not, we're not getting in on a joke if you're the joke. But like you could like make fun of make fun of the Bucks and like support and them cheer at the same time. Yeah, that's what Bucks fans do all the time. Oh, you are not helping yourself here. Okay. <laughs> Moving <next>. on. <laughs> Drew Holiday, which is the only, only good point in right. this article. And, you know, you said it was more of a serious reason. Yes, he seems beloved by fans, media, players, as you said. And although I don't think, because Bradshaw said this in our production meeting yesterday, that is he, he that Drew Holiday is the most universally <laughs> loved player in the world, mm -hmm. which is a bold statement. I kind of tweaked it and said he's probably one of the least problematic players sure, in the I'll world. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but just, but yeah, just, just showing she's unbiased. A lot of strong words. <laughs> okay, just showing she's unbiased. She, she, she okay, at least yeah. gave me one. She at least gave me one to show she's unbiased. I gave you one. Now the next one angers me quite a bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> it is wholesome moments, and he goes on to put a bunch of tweets, which I'm not even going to take the time. She didn't even look at them. This is unfair. This is unfair criticism. Because take the time. Okay, first of all, I do know all of them from when they happened, but you're well, she talking. Se she if you're talking to account. Okay, I do not. The only the only time Bucks content enters my feed is through you. Or when a Bucks fan says something really dumb and Raptors Twitter just turns, yeah, you. Also me. That is also me. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> the wholesome moments. You're talking to us as a fan base of the Raptors who have a wholesome moment mm -hmm. pretty much every week. Uh -huh. You're asking us 
to take our attachment from our team and somehow attach it to your players because you guys are wholesome when in fact we are the kings and queens of wholesome moments. So it just feels disrespectful. I don't know how it's disrespectful. But it just does. I'm not saying you need to like attach yourself to the Bucks. Like you could throw them in the garbage after they win the championship. That's fine. That's perfectly okay. I I I would I would understand. I would encourage it actually. I'm just saying, like, look, they're like they're not bad people. Is my thing. Like people, like maybe just like well, you have it in bad. your head. Oh, exactly. The ball. Well, they they had a bad person, but he's not on the team anymore, so it's fine. Uh, I'm rejoicing. Most of them. Most most players are not bad people. Exactly. So like so it's, that's like the bare minimum. It's a good reason, and they have so they have fun together. They have nice team chemistry. Okay, you can enjoy that. We I do enjoy to. that actually. Also, another thing is a lot of Raptors fans who did want Giannis on the Raptors. How how would you expect them not to be petty, and expect them to just cheer for him on the Bucks? Because I expect you guys to be good enough people to set aside your to set aside the differences and just be Have like, hey. Our fan base. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I was I'm hoping for better. I was hoping that one. I was hoping for better. I was hoping for better. That's all. Okay, next. Brotherly love. I have no problem with brothers. Oh, well, except for certain twin brothers in the NBA. But brothers in general. Weird shot They're to take. fine. <laughs> the problem I have is with this sentence about the Nassus and Tetsukumbo. Bradshaw says, and I quote, he hustles every time he's on the court, full of energy, and he channeled his inner Kyle Lowry with this spectacular flop. If you are trying to appeal to us, maybe don't use the word Kyle Lowry and flop. Oh, come on. Oh, sh- what should I have said? Grift? I-, I admire Kyle Lowry for his fl- I like flopping. I-, I don't know if that's a hot take. I like flopping. I think flopping is a fun part of the game, and I like guys that flop. So I think it's really funny right. when Lowry does it, when Marcus Smart does it, when Chris Paul does it, when Tanasis did it. I think it's hilarious because guys get so mad about it. It's a part of the game. It's going to happen. It's just funny. Interesting. So you enjoy Marcus Smart's flops. I love it. I think they're hilarious, especially the cartoony ones that like are so obviously a flop because it's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, it's so clear like to what he's doing and it gets people so <laughs> mad for no reason. Interesting. Yes, it gets me mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but I, I, I don't care. You know what? I stand by my statement. Do not use Kyle Lowry and flop in the same <laughs> sentence to try to appeal to us. I should have said, fine, I should have said grift. I'll use grift next time. Next time? I hope there isn't a next time. <laughs> <laughs> the next time the Raptors miss the playoffs and the Bucks are in, I'm doing this again. <laughs> PJ Bucker that you wrote here, which is PJ Tucker. I mean, this is like, this isn't a strong argument. It's not a weak argument. He's just I mean, a fun the part, personality. The part about uh, the Gary Trent Jr., uh, pre-game fits. I think we can all agree that PJ Tucker is a lot more fashionable than Gary Trent yeah, Jr. I would agree with that. Yes, I said it. In fact, I have on our silly awards later. I have quite a take, but uh, you know, it's fine. Like this is not very convincing to me. This article. This brings me to the most offensive part of the entire <laughs> article at the end. Oh, the yeah. Bradshaw okay. attaches a photo of Google Maps showing the distance from Milwaukee to Toronto and says, quote, after all, there, bracket, also, bracket, the North. They're also the North, baby. They are basically as North as Toronto, and it's beautiful. I'm not even going to get into that. If you're listening to this, you know, at OMG Bradshaw, Go and attack him as you please. <laughs> I already have been. <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> I was very upset with me last night. Uh, they they were not pleased uh, that I posted this. I don't think they read it. And I think they think I'm from Wisconsin. And uh, no disrespect to I mean, my fine you, Bucks friends from Wisconsin. You might as well be the way you defend it. And the way you said they're also the North. It sounds like something a person from Wisconsin <laughs> would say. <laughs> I'm just happy someone took the time to read through the whole thing. Multiple times, in fact, now. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just happy about that. 
I, I wasn't didn't... even sure if I could get through the whole thing. And then I saw what you said about me. In the I did. T- I did I take like... a shot at Karina. I wanted, I le- kind of left it in there to see how far, how far she would get. If she read yeah, it. I know how embarrassing that would be. He'd be like, so did you read my article? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> I feel so bad. I'd be like, well, damn, I put that shot in for nothing for no, oh, yes. for no damn good reason. Well, that brings us to the end of the Bradshaw slander part of the pod. Oh, it's going to continue through the rest of it. It's just not going to be as yeah. not going to be all together. Instead, let's move on to the NBA awards, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Uh, and we'll start with an award that I'm not sure about. Uh, I did write. I actually gave my awards in to Dunking with Wolves um, a couple weeks ago, and I selected a player for Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm rethinking it because I, I just I, I thought more about it, and I don't know. Uh, we'll start with Defensive Player of the Year. Karina, we'll have you go first. Who is your Defensive Player of the Year? If you say OG Adenobi, I swear to God. I mean, I wasn't going to. But the way you said that kind of makes me want to say it now. God. <laughs> Um, so I picked out my awards about like two weeks ago and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick by what I wrote. I think we're at the point where, you know, we're, we're winding down to the end of the season, unless there's like huge differences, I'm going to stick with what I had. So for defensive player of the year, I did go with Rudy Gobert for two reasons. One reason is a basketball reason. And another reason is a personal preference reason. All right. Uh, the basketball reason. Uh, so when I did choose him, his numbers were really good. He mm-hmm. was leading the league in defensive win share while player while for players that have, have appeared in over 50 games, he ranks third in the defensive rating and top for defensive rebounds. Um, he's just overall more consistent. And I think that's what pro- made me choose him over Ben Simmons. And also my personal preference uh, is that he's not as whiny. He's a little whiny, <laughs> but he's not as whiny as Ben Simmons. And honestly, I'm not going to entertain Mr. Mona Lisa because of his own agenda. And yeah, Rudy Gobert is my pick. So I originally had Ben Simmons when I submitted these for Dunking with Wolves. But and then my he was argument... too whiny and you changed your mind. Yeah. Well, my argument in the article actually was that I think he kind of broke me down with how much he campaigned. I was like, just please, enough. If I vote for you, just will you please, enough. But... I remember reading that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you. I, I can't believe you actually, I, I didn't even promote that. Wow, look at that. Just searching out my content. What a great co-host. But I'm well, looking I'm back. definitely clipping that. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and I've seen other arguments be made for Rudy Gobert. And, like, I've, I've seen, I mean, I've seen every argument made for Rudy Gobert. But I just, I thought about it, and it's so hard for an on-ball defender, like a primarily on-ball defender. And we said this with the OJ Anobi stuff, that it's it's hard for an on-ball defender to win the award because it's easy to take out an on-ball defender. Like, I know, as much as I love Drew Holiday, his defense can be neutralized with screens and other things of that nature. Rudy Gobert, it's hard to say, it's hard, like, I mean, you can bring him out to the perimeter, but rim protection is rim protection. You can't, you can't, it's hard, very hard to scheme out Rudy Gobert's rim protection. And all of his defensive metrics that you kind of went into are fantastic. And I just, I have to give it to Gobert again. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel weird giving someone a third defensive player of the year. Like, but I, it's almost that same argument as to people not wanting to give a third MVP to Giannis. But I, I just, I think he has to win it. He's by far the best defensive player this year. He's anchored the one of the best defenses in the NBA. The Jazz wouldn't be the Jazz without Rudy Gobert. He's their best player. I don't want to hear any argument about that. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna agree. And I'm changing my pick from Dunking with Wolves to Rudy Gobert. Uh, sorry, Ben, you didn't break, break me down enough. I guess maybe next year you can pan, campaign a little harder and annoy the hell out of me once more. Um, let's move on to rookie of the year uh all my other picks i'm going to keep the same from my done with wolves article but we'll go with rookie of the year and i'll start this time i went i was a little biased but i went with anthony edwards um part of it was the missed games for lamello and lamello has been fantastic I, I if you pick lamello i don't think you're wrong i think that's a very very good pick i just think edwards has been doing it all year you've seen the improvement from anthony edwards all season his numbers in the second half have been fantastic. He's really become a special, special player. And you're seeing what the talent was that everyone thought he had when they chose him number one. You saw the potential. You're starting to see it a little bit more. And you're seeing that he could be a franchise cornerstone with Carl Anthony Towns. 
And the way Nick, not Nick Nurse, the way Chris Finch has really t- changed the wolves. I, like, I know. Wearing, wearing your head rent free. I know. <laughs> oh my it's God. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the way Chris Finch has ch- turned the wolves around in the second half has just, it's been like just something else. I, I didn't, I, I knew he was going to be a really good coach. I knew he was going to be a big, big upgrade over Ryan Saunders. No disrespect to Ryan Saunders, but there is quite the gap between Chris Finch and Ryan Saunders. Um, and Anthony Edwards has looked amazing. And, yeah, his overall numbers still don't look great because of his very, very bad first half of the season. But his second half is more than enough for me to give him the award. Uh, who did you have? Yeah, so I think before I tell you guys my pick, um, just the rookies this year have been really good. And I mm. think the fact that I did struggle with who I wanted to pick just shows you how how good this draft class was. And, mm. you know, there was this whole thing that this was a weak draft class. And I'm like, are you, are you sure about that? Because it actually wasn't. And so I actually went with Lamelo mm-hmm. um, because he did come back and he's been phenomenal this season at mm-hmm. only like, he's only 19 years old. I'm turning 19 <laughs> in August and my God, <laughs> I can't even compare myself to this guy, but um, I did want to give an honorable mention to Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. on the Kings because you know, ever since draft night, I've kind of been following him and I was really impressed with him. And it's, it's sad that he's, he's out with that, um, with that injury now, but uh, he, I think he was doing really well on the Kings and, you know, it's unfortunate that it is the Kings because of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really hey, sorry. My favorite I, player I know... plays on the Kings. Okay. Two of my favorite players with Halliburton. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to give an honorable mention to him, but I, I did want to pick LaMelo as my pick and I love Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll come back in a, in another award category. Not the serious one though. Interesting. Okay. I'm excited to see that. I, I think, I think I know which, uh, which one that's going to be too, but um, I, maybe I think there's a little bit of bias that, you know, Anthony Edwards dunked to Yuda, so he didn't get the, uh, didn't get the award here, but it's okay. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned yeah, no, it. Now sure, I'm just sure, angry. Sure, all sure, over sure, again. sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I also want to give a shout out to Halliburton. Uh, I, I loved him going into the draft. Like I always, I'm watching a lot of big 10 or yeah, sorry, big 12 basketball with West Virginia. I saw Halliburton a couple times and I was like, this guy's going to be something else. And I saw people kind of down on him and I was like, I don't, I, I don't, I just didn't see it. And I'm, I'm glad he's proving me right for once. I'm glad I'm right about something for once. Um, he also had the best suit on draft. Night. He did. He looked really good. He did look really good. Uh, let's go. I didn't, we didn't have this one on Duncan Google. So I did a little bit of research. I had to actually do a little bit of work for this one. Um, sixth man of the year. Who is your sixth man of the year? I feel like I have a bit of a hot take, but we'll see. Yeah. So I went with Jordan Clarkson. Um, this is one where I was like, not really sure, but I, I ultimately went with him because, you know, he's, he provides that offensive boost right off the bench. And like he is, has been a key player for the jazz and winning games with them and their success. So I did go with him. I think he's uh, a good candidate for six man of the year. I was between Clarkson and Joe Ingles. Uh, it's, I know it's weird to have two guys from the same team as six uh, up for six man of the year, but I think it's really coming down to these two. I don't, I, I don't think you can give it to Derek Rose. I don't think you can give it to Montrez Harrell. Um, and I know Clarkson started, or sorry, not Clarkson, Ingles has started a bunch of games, but he's been better. He's just been a, the better player between the two. And he's, I know at one point he was on pace to break the record for true shooting percentage in a season. Uh, he's not going to do that now, but uh, I, I'm giving it to Joe Ingles. I just think his overall impact on the game, it's more than just scoring for him. It's his defense, his ball movement, his shooting, it's everything. Uh, he's so important to what the Jazz bring and, it's weird that we gave two awards to jazz players now, but they've been that good. And I don't think you can go wrong with Clarkson either. And I think he will be the pick, but I just wanted to give some love to Joe Ingles. I think he's been really, really phenomenal this year. Uh, and hit their numbers, like when you compare the two, like Ingles is, well, they, again, they bring different things, but Ingles' numbers have been just so, so good this year. And I, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Joey Ingles, Joey Buckets, is that what they call him? I don't know. I'm not a jazz. He's fan. always like watching him shoot is such an experience. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have at least three guys now with Matt Thomas, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Ingles that just do not look like basketball players whatsoever. Like, yeah. if you saw him on the street, I'd be like, that doesn't play basketball. But yet, <laughs> and yet here we are. They're all on the yes, same team. Here we are. Yep. <laughs> uh, this one should pretty much be unanimous. Uh, most improved players, pretty obvious. It's for me, it's Julius and uh, Julius Ingram, Julius Randle. <laughs> Uh, Julius Randle is my most improved player of the year. I, I don't think we need to go into too much explanation on this because he's gotten better at everything. His shooting's gotten better. His passing's gotten better. His defense has gotten better. Even though he's not still a fantastic defender, it's gotten to a league average level, which is 
kind of the most important thing he did this year. So he's leading a playoff team in the Knicks, and I don't think they're. I I, I have my own thoughts on how the Knicks will be in the future, but for right now, Julius Randle is a star, and he's most improved player. I'm sure you don't have anything different. Yeah, I had uh, Julius Randle down, and I said, get him out of the MVP conversation. We'll give him this. Don't worry. He will get an <laughs> award. Um, yeah, his fantastic season. Uh, it's just amazing leading the Knicks to that playoff spot. Like, they're a competitive team again. What more can you ask for? <laughs> Speaking of uh, most uh, sorry, most valuable player, we are not doing most valuable player because Karina wanted to boycott uh, the discussion on MVP because she decided there was supposed to be no discussion. And I agree. There is no discussion. We have the same player for MVP. We talked about it before. It's Giannis. We both have that. It's fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa. we both have Giannis. It's okay. Hmm? Okay. This is where I take over the plot <laughs> <laughs> because Bradshaw has gone rogue. <laughs> for the record, Bradshaw is joking. We Am both I? have Jokic. Oh, yes. oh, Shush. my bad. I hate you. <laughs> I can't deal with him anymore. Someone please help me. <laughs> By Jokic, you mean Yannis, ya- right? Like, it's just a weird way of pronouncing it. Okay. And we go back to the Bradshaw slander <laughs> part of the pod. <laughs> no, we, we both do have Nikola Jokic. There should be no discussion. Get your Chris Pauls out of here. Get your Giannis's out of here. Get your Joel Embiid's out of here. Get your, I don't know, who else? Get your Julius Randles out of here. Get your LeBron James out of here. Oh, if anyone's talking about LeBron at this point, I swear to God. Uh, let's end this off with Coach of the Year. This one, I've seen a few different answers. When we did this on Raptors Insider, we had a few different names. I thought it was pretty, in my eyes, it was pretty clear. Um, but apparently it wasn't. I had Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams has done a fantastic job with this team. I wish I could give part of the award to Chris Paul uh, because I think part of it has been Chris Paul. But, I mean, you can't take away what Monty Williams has done. He's taken over this team. He took it over last year, and they gave him some new pieces. They gave him, obviously, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul being the notable ones. And he's just he's really worked this team together, obviously giving Dario Saric those center minutes and just really like optimizing this team to put them in the best position to succeed that they've done better than I, I, and I don't like always giving the coach of the year awards like, Oh, the team, that's the biggest surprise. This is crazy. But that's kind of what, but like, it's just, they've done the best job this year. Monty Williams, in my opinion, has done the best job, but uh, do you have somebody different? I definitely agree with you. Like, I think I, I have a different pick, but I think it's very, like very close. If mm-hmm. anything, they could be like uh, equally considered, but uh, I chose Quinn Snyder mm-hmm. um, from the jazz uh, because, you know, the jazz have been on top of the standings uh, for the whole league in mm-hmm. that matter. Um, and, you know, they've been on some impressive winning game winning streaks and, you know, just being able to be on top of that Western conference is a, is an accomplishment in itself. So I, I do think that Quinn Snyder is deserving of this award, but I also agree with you. Um, I think that the Suns have been, have developed in, like in such an incredible way. And the fact that they are considered as like someone who could upset uh, someone and maybe be a contender is is really good for their organization. Now on Raptors Insider, actually, we had uh, Tom Thibodeau as the winner. Like we had three guys pick Tom Thibodeau. How do you feel about Tom Thibodeau? I don't agree personally because I don't think. I mean, I, I I see why. Like he's turned the Knicks around and like put in this defensive system and got them a lot better. But we he's done this everywhere. That's the thing. He does it everywhere he goes. It's, this isn't like he changes philosophy or anything. Like he went to the he went to the Wolves and did the same thing. He took them to the playoffs. I just don't, and maybe it's just me assuming it's going to go poorly again. Like it has, it is two other stops. But I don't. Do, do you kind of agree with that, or do you kind of see it a little differently? Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. Um, I like. I don't think like he hasn't really changed anything. Like you know, whenever we talk about it, it's always oh, that's the Thibs way. You know, he's going to do this. <laughs> you know, things like that. So. I, I, I get it. Like you said, like I, I see the case for it, but there's, there's just other coaches right now that have to be considered above him. Okay. That's fair. Um, so let's get to the real awards. These, those were just, we made up the other ones. Those are, no one actually cares about those awards. Coach of the year. No one wants that. Let's get into our shoot your shot awards, the shoot your shotties. I don't, that's weird. I, let's we're going to go with that, but that's what we're going to call as them. bad as cream city. Oh, that's just not very nice now, is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a bunch of awards here. Uh, we've kind of come up with our own uh, sillier awards uh, just to give, I don't know, just to be different because that's what we are. We're different and we're we're quirky like that, you know? Listen to this podcast some more. 
<laughs> Let's start off with the best looking player in the NBA. And Karina has, I was willing to take this out, but because we had this last week, but, and I was wanting to take it out, but then Karina had some thoughts because of a certain TikTok that made its rounds on, uh, on social media. So please take it away, Karina. Okay. First of all, that TikTok <laughs> was the worst video I have ever seen in my life. Like hands down. First of all, they've had four white guys before they even got to someone else, which was Chris Paul, by the way, which is, he's not a bad looking person. Like, he's a good looking person, but they started with Jonas Valanciunas at number 10. And I just <laughs> find that just, I mean, Jonas is a good looking guy, but uh, the whole list was problematic. They called him Jonas. They called Zach Levine, Zach Levine. Mm. And Zach Levine was also pretty high on that list. I don't agree with that either. A little high, yeah, a little too high. They just forgot how to read when they try to pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo. They um, absolutely butchered that. That was just disrespectful. It was funny because they, they looked at each other and they're like, yep, that's how you pronounce it. And <laughs> We got this. We got that we got one. This. Uh, so I, I think the biggest takeaway from that is not only are they clearly not NBA fans, mm -hmm. but they have terrible taste. Oh, just, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just terrible. Anyway, for me, for best looking, I chose, and I don't know, I don't know if this is a little biased. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Oh, I swear to God. But I chose Serge Ibaka. Okay, that's fine. Okay. I thought we were going somewhere else. Who'd you think I was going to Gary Trent Jr.? <laughs> Oh, no, don't worry. I like, yeah, like he's good looking, but I don't think he's the best looking. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I chose Serge because he's just, wow. Jesus. <laughs> he looks like. <laughs> My goodness. He looks like he's been, and like, you can say that I, I know who you chose. I'm pretty yeah, sure all, I know who you chose. It's pretty clear. He's so, and there. I think I can use the same argument for Serge and for yours is mm -hmm. that they look like they've been carved like, like a, like a Greek God. Like they look, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so they just, he just looks so beautiful and so perfect. I'm like, his jawline is like really nice. <laughs> and I'm probably talking too much about this, but uh, you know, the videos that he posts are, are very nice. And that is why search is my candidate for best looking. Thank uh, you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I've never heard Chris Middleton described as carved like a Greek God, but Chris Middleton is my pick. Uh, for this award. You really, you're really trying to be funny today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is it working? I, a, a little bit. No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not Chris Middleton. <laughs> we had another award that we had to take out that uh, he might have been my pick for that, but um, best looking, it's, it's Giannis. It's got to be Giannis. I do think, and I I tweeted this out one time, I think we have to start giving some love to Tanazis, though. Tanazis is a very handsome man, too, and I, I think... He's got to get some love. He's, he looks I, like Giannis, so yeah. I, sure. I, I I know someone that, that thinks he's a little better looking than Giannis too. So I think that's it's a very interesting discussion that needs to be had at a certain. Yeah, I don't agree with that. You can say he's good looking, but I think Giannis is the the best okay. looking out of. That's all fair. Of I, I just think they're both both very well put together gentlemen. I think they 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 look good. That's um, perfect. Well put together. Well yes, put together. I say that for search too. <laughs> uh, so I, I, but I'm going to give it to Giannis. Uh, but I do want to give. I did want to give a special shout out to Thanasis. Uh, but I just, yeah, it's Giannis. Come on, a nice guy. Despite what other people may think, it's nice very guy. Symmetrical. Very is very symmetrical. He's very conventionally attractive. I would say, uh, nice guy. Good uh, body. Put. He's worked well on that, uh, especially since he came into the league where he looked. It's just night and day. Uh, he, he's very he's definitely matured quite a bit uh, since he's coming. I think you'll find NBA. a lot of these players they had nice glow ups. Uh, so when we talk about them, we're talking about them in the present. It was, well, the one of the <laughs> one of the guys that was in that video, Gordon Hayward, I think I, 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 you can disagree whether he wants to, whether you can be on the list or not. But from his rookie year to now, it has certainly been a bit of a difference. Uh, his rookie year was a bit of a, a bit of a shock. Uh, so let's go to best hair. I think this is a fun one. I, I always like this award. I have a kind of an outside pick for this, but uh, who is your pick? Let's let's get that one first. Yeah, same. I don't have an NBA player, but I have an NBA GM. Oh, um, <laughs> you know who it is. It's Bobby Webster, folks. His hair is magnificent. <laughs> have you seen those locks? Come on. Every time he does a press conference and he's not wearing a hat, 
I'm sorry. I can't focus on what he's saying. I'm just staring at his hair the whole time. My goodness. Uh, yeah. I need his hairstylist because, wow. <laughs> Working wonders. Need um, to know what conditioner he's using. I, 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 we talked about this before. I just, I don't see it. I just, I don't see the haircut with him. I don't know. You know what, Bradshaw? You're also a Bucks fan. So what? <laughs> <laughs> this is just disrespectful is what this is. Uh, I like that oh. we both, I think we're both kind of biased for both of our picks here. We both, you want a former Raptor and a current Raptor. Oh, wait, I remember. Yeah, I know who you're, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I, I know who you're picking. Who, who I, you, I want to see who you think I'm picking. Wait, because you said it's outside, right? Yeah. But it's a Bucks. What's that one we? Oh, never mind. I was thinking about our conversation that involved Kyle Dubas, but never mind. I oh, like... no, no, no. Well, it's, no, it's best NBA hair. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pick Sorry. someone else. <laughs> Sam Merrill from the Milwaukee Bucks. I I think I don't think I've ever tweeted this out, but his hair, it doesn't move. Like, it's got the nice fresh, he's got the fresh little haircut going. He doesn't play a lot. So, I mean, maybe that's why he always has to make it look nice. But he's come in and he's just, it, it straight up does not move. Like, if, I need to, like, start clipping, like, just his movements when he's on the court it's like his, it's always in place and it's always perfectly symmetrical I don't know how he does it I gotta like I need to like get his tips because whenever I play basketball my hair is all over the place especially with my hair long now it is all over the place I need to get like one of the like I don't know little like I don't what what, what are they the little headbands but not like the actual headbands? sweatband not the sweatband but like the little ones the headband just to push my hair back a little bit you know? oh like this and you just yeah one of those i need one of those for sure um just to just to push my hair back until i can get it styled again like sam merrill's but sam merrill uh, shout out to him uh that was i didn't think about it until like just now but sam merrill for sure um <laughs> absolutely is my pick for this award on this podcast we have you thinking about the important <laughs> things in life that's what i'm saying these are the real awards these are the people these are the awards people have come to see exactly. uh best dressed i I have many thoughts. I, I could go on for days about the best dressed players in the NBA because I think some of them are, some guys are a little overrated. I think that they just, just because they dress flashy doesn't necessarily mean, or like have the money to dress flashy doesn't mean they're well-dressed. And I think when we get to worst dress, you're going to have somebody for that. But my pick for this award, and my pick used to be, it used to always be Shea Gilders Alexander. It would always be Shea Gilders Alexander. I think he dresses very well, especially in his rookie year. He dressed... I, I always said he dressed the way I would dress if I had money. It was very simple. Um, and I think he has some of the best shoes. Uh, I think his Converse deal has done wonders for him. Um, but this year, I am going to go with Kelly Oubre. I think Kelly Oubre is, well, he's routinely one of the best dressed in the NBA. Uh, and I think people, some people might disagree that he maybe falls into the category. He just dresses flashy. But I just, I like the pieces he puts together. And I think... I don't know. He just, he's always routinely one of the best dressed guys in the NBA. And I, I don't know. It just, he looks good in what he wears. He's a, he's a fashionable gentleman and I'm he also give, looks good. Yeah. He was in that TikTok video as well. I think he was a little too high, but I mean, yeah. again, people have many thoughts on that list. Everyone's going to disagree a little bit with that list. I just, it's more the pronunciation. That was the problem for me uh, for best dress. Who did you have? So for best dress, I chose Jimmy Butler. Ooh. And that is because I like I think he's very, very chic, very stylish. Very chic. And <laughs> and the photo shoot that he did with I think it was GQ magazine. I don't yeah. know, one one magazine that he did a photo shoot with. All of those photos are incredible. <laughs> and and I'm not just talking about how good looking he is and that how, too. Like, how ripped he is, but that's Jesus. like another issue. <laughs> but all the outfits there just look absolutely amazing. He absolutely killed that photo shoot. And that just kind of solidified uh, my my decision to choose him as best dressed. But I do like your pick. I'm going to give also a quick shout out. I also always like this guy dresses. Uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, I think Jordan Poole is a very fan- very fashionable gentleman. And I like, he kind of has the more modern style. Of, like he always wears the short shorts, especially in, in games. I think he has the shortest shorts in the league. I don't know how he gets it. those shorts that short. Uh, I admire the shout short out, shorts. Shout wears. out short shorts. I admire the short shorts wearers. I, I'm definitely going to try and get on that this year. And hopefully my legs aren't too pasty white for the shorts this year. Ooh. Uh, for worst dress. I want to, let's get your hot take first on who is the worst dressed Cause I know who it is and I'm very, I, w- I want to hear the reasoning for it. Okay. So before I get to who I chose, um, mm-hmm. I want to give some honorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions. Well, dishonorable. Yes. To, uh, to Westbrook. To wow. um, 
uh, who else was it? I don't know. You know, these players were, they just, and oh, Harden as well, and LeBron James, but that's another thing. They just, they, they put something on, and everyone's like, oh, and Kyle Kuzma. Sorry. There's oh, more Kyle people Kuzma, that Kyle I Kuzma's just, one of the worst. Kyle Kuzma's one of the worst. There's, there's people that just, they just don't know how to dress. But they just throw something on. Like, sometimes it's not even clothing. It's just cloth. <laughs> and then they're like, fashion. It's like, this is not fashion. You are wearing a garbage bag. Like, I, you know? Anyway, I digress. I chose worst dress. And I'm very sorry, Raptors Twitter. But I chose Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> because although he is a good-looking man, some of his choices this year have been extremely questionable. Um, to say the least. He just, to say the least. He doesn't really know how to match things together. And then the stuff that he does wear, it just doesn't look good. Like, it's just not a look. But, like, he's had a couple of good looks. Like, that silk outfit was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, his WNBA outfit was pretty nice. But, and he always has to have some bandana thing on his head. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, okay? And I'm sorry, but he needs he needs to take some tips. From he, needs a, he needs a stylist. He needs a personal needs stylist. A stylist. And if he does have a stylist, please hire that stylist. <laughs> I had, I had a couple I had a couple guys um but I you you reminded me of one so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kyle Kuzma I think Kyle Kuzma is routinely overrated in how he dresses it's so bad like for how I how you feel about Gary Trent Jr is how I feel about Kyle it's like you just because he's throwing something on and it's like flashy doesn't mean it's good and he like just because it's like unconventional doesn't mean it's good I, I just hate that like that trend that's happened where like you throw on something unconventional or you're like, Oh, look how quirky this is. This is fashion. No, it's not. It doesn't look good. It's like at Nordstrom when they have like random pieces of clothing that looks like $5 and they label it as $600. And it's just like, why? There are so also, many Kyle trends. Kuzma, like in the, in the back in the, back in the day when <laughs> Twitter crops were a thing. Um, and Kyle Kuzma always, always, I always see a picture of him and it'd be like open for a surprise and you'd open it and he'd be wearing the most ridiculous pants you've ever seen. <laughs> It's just it's awful. It's just it's uh, all garbage. And I feel like I feel like being in LA doesn't help him. I feel like that's part of the reason why he dresses the way he does. He's like, oh, I'm in LA, gotta dress fashionably. You know, you're not. You're not. Uh some of the other guys I had, Fred Van Vliet is always up there for me. Uh he it's just it's just like it's what do you like it's just so simple and like we it's just so simple and like you're just throwing on jeans and stuff. Scorching take. <laughs> I think I think he's one of the worst dressed on the Raptors for sure. Like, well, I'm I'm considering him for the worst dress in the entire league. Uh, and stop Raptors wearing your own. Stop not... wearing your own stuff. Stop wearing your own. You and Norm Powell. Stop wearing your own stuff. God damn it. Pascal also wears his own stuff. That's true. But Pascal, but Pascal mixes it up sometimes. He gets like the tie dye stuff going, and like he mixes it up a little bit. It seems like I think Norm I think and Fred Raptors are always general, wearing their own stuff. I think the Raptors in general are not the best dressers. Like, uh, if you were to compare teams, I think the Raptors could be a little bit better <laughs> the bucks are probably down there as well to be honest with you like Giannis, it's always tech it's always a nike tech fleece like he's gotten a little bit better recently actually but it's always like a nike tech fleece chris middleton's kind of just like he's kind of in the fred van vliet where it's very simple stuff and you're like you could do more but if you want to save your money save your money um yeah just like there are there are a few guys that i'm just not his his contract hasn't kicked in yet his his max contract is <laughs> that's true in. <laughs> that's true he, maybe maybe he'll get better maybe he'll get better with time uh, I think we got a little, we got a little mean there, but just dress better, do better. You see, there are there are better dressers around the league. Take some, take some notes. Everyone, take notes from Shea Gilders Alexander. Take notes from I don't know PJ Tucker, uh, for instance. I know you don't like all of PJ Tucker stuff. You think it's a little overrated, but I think he dresses very well, and he has the best shoes in the NBA, and that's not even close. Um, this one's more of a general NBA word. I don't think we have anything specific for this, but the biggest disappointment in the NBA. Please give me your pick for biggest disappointment in the NBA. So I was going to make a joke and say the Raptors, but I don't actually believe that. I think a lot of factors went into this season that made them be where they are. So I don't think they're the biggest disappointment, but I also thought I'd be funny. But my <laughs> real biggest disappointment has been the Chicago Bulls, mm. um, especially after the trade deadline when they, when they brought in um, Vucevic and you know, everyone was like, oh, this is what they need to get their foot in the door into the play play in and possibly the playoffs. Um, 
finally things are going to start turning around for them. And then they start losing all of their games with him. And then Zach Levine goes out with an injury, which is, you know, unfortunate, but it's just, and now they're like, I feel like they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but they're just like hanging on by a thread. And it's just, it's, it's been a real disappointment for me, honestly, because the bulls have been mediocre for a really long time. And uh, I just want to see them, you know, have some kind of success, kind of like how the wizards now are, you know, playing better. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I could definitely see where the Bulls factor in there. Uh, they've definitely been a big decision. We talked about that in our first episode, uh, that if things that they were, they were going to struggle defensively and they certainly have, and they're going to, they might be giving up that draft pick uh, to the Orlando magic. And it's going to be very funny, especially if it lands just outside. I think oh, it's top. Orlando's a good one too. Yeah. But they, they, well, they were similar to the Raptors, but they just were ravaged by injuries and they just mm-hmm. like everyone got hurt for that team. And then obviously Isaac hasn't been there all year, but uh, it's kind of a similar situation, but I, I could see how that would, why they would be there too. This one isn't a disappointment necessarily for me. I didn't have the highest of expectations for him, but the NBA community seemed to have high expectations for him. Tyler Hero, uh, especially coming out of the finals and out of the playoffs, uh, everyone expects Tyler Hero to take this massive jump or at least stay on the level that he did in the playoffs. And he certainly has not. Uh, he has been quite mediocre, uh, I think would be the best way to say it. He's been very inconsistent. And that's normal. That's normal for a young player. I'm not saying that he's bad. He's not a bad player. I think he's still has room for improvement, but he's a young player. Of course he has room for improvement. And I think it was just unfair to put those expectations on him this season and thinking he could take a larger role when I don't think he was ready for that. We saw a good performance out of him in the bubble and that was nice, but we saw a lot of good performances out of a lot of guys in the bubble. The bubble was a different, the bubble is just like a fantasy land and we had to put that into its whole different category. Uh, that's at least that's what I'm going to tell myself to convince myself. The bucks didn't fully choke. Um, to Tyler Hero, of all people. Um, maybe that's just me being a little sour, but he certainly, I, I think most people disagree, would, would agree that he has been a disappointment this year. I think it's kind of universally agreed that he, people were expecting a breakout. I drafted him onto a fantasy team being like, hey, this guy's going to have a great season. And, oh, he did not uh, have a good season whatsoever. Um, on the flip side of that, Michael Porter Jr. I drafted on my fantasy team. And he was great. So, but I did come last. That shows how much I know about fantasy basketball. Uh, best media. I'm not letting you rip on my fantasy basketball team. I'm not, I'm not just going to roll right past it. I saw you loading up for something, but I'm not going to let it happen. Okay. Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the best media moment. I kind of forget what we classified this as. I forget what we kind of made this, what, what this was supposed it to was be. It was like, like players talking to the media. Okay. So I like thought, I thought so. I thought so. Uh, so I think, I think we might actually have the same answer for this then. Uh, Anthony Edwards, basically anytime he talks, uh, is the best quote in the NBA. I still, I think my favorite, if I had to pick one, would be the time that a guy from Ireland asked him a question. And Anthony Edwards, like, at the end of the question, Anthony was like, where are you from? You know, Ireland. He's like, I like your accent. I want to I want to talk like that sometime. And he, like, just completely didn't know what the question is. He's like, oh, I forgot your question. You got to ask it again. I was too focused on your accent. But everything Anthony Edwards does is just so funny. And I think he's such a, I think that's kind of the, one of the reasons why people are so like excited about him is one, he's obviously a fantastic player, but he's such a good personality. I think that's just, that's really good for the league is having more personalities in the league and just letting those guys shine. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how Anthony Edwards, not just only improves on the basketball court, but more moments from him in the media, because he is just one of the funniest characters already in the NBA at, and a rookie too. So it's, it's even better. Uh, do you have Anthony Edwards too, or is he coming up later? So I totally didn't go on Twitter 15 minutes before this pod and ask people what was their favorite moment. I didn't even see I... that. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and literally Sean Woodley tweeted anytime Anthony Edwards speaks. So it's really funny that you say that and you can <laughs> see it. Um, but, and I, and I had that here, but I also want to mention Dr. Lowry. Um, you know, as we know, he got an honorary doctorate and he's, he told the media, he's like, when I get it from now on, you have to refer to me as Dr. Lowry. And I just, you know, it's, it's hilarious. And I think Lowry in general, I just love the way that he messes with the media. He's just always, always, always pulling everybody along. And I, he's just, I love him and I will appreciate him as long as we still have him. And 
Yeah. This is going to turn dark quickly, so let's move on. <laughs> I have a very hot take on that. Um, not, I don't find an issue with him saying that, but every time. on, uh, And it's hard because I know Matt has to do, Matt Devlin has to do both broadcasts. But, buddy, please. Not every, every time he makes a shot, you don't need, oh, Dr. Lowry. You don't, not every time. All right? You don't Pratt, just do it every time. Pratchett, if we were to dive into all the problems with the Toronto broadcast. We'd be here for hours, so let's just... <laughs> which also leads me to another point, which is don't dump... Uh, certain members of Raptors Twitter, don't dump on Jim Paschke. Don't you dare. How dare you leave Jim Paschke alone? You guys have your own issues. I don't. I, I can't say certain things because of the company that I'm, uh, I'm affiliated with that I'm going to be working for, so I can't say certain things. But there is a certain member of the Toronto broadcast on both broadcasts. He's on both. And he's just the worst. He's one of the worst broadcasters I've seen around the league. That is not debatable. So don't jump dump on Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson, who have been ranked as some of the best broadcasting teams in the NBA. We can dump on ours and have enough space for more. But they're they're universally below. I'm not getting. We're not getting. I can't. I don't need to defend Jim. Jim is a legend. I hope he has a great retirement. I'm very sad that he's retiring, but hopefully they give the job to Zora Stevenson because she deserves it. Um, dunk of the year. Uh, we had when we first discussed this, we had a very hot take from one Krita Stephen A. Smith Mustafa here, uh, Skip Bayless Mustafa. Please do not compare me to these men. God. It's, well, I have to because there are no women with bad takes. That's the problem. Because men are the only one with bad takes. That's the issue. Um. <laughs> that is so mean. Is it? Is it mean? That's. I think it's just universally accepted. This is at this not point. a bad take. It is a very bad, a bad take. take. Um, I shouldn't say there are no women with bad takes because we have one on the podcast here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would mean, say, what did I do to deserve this? But I've done a lot. <laughs> just listen back to this podcast and you'll find out. Um, I'm going to go with the obvious one. Anthony Edwards on Yuta Watanabe. I will give a special shout out to Miles Bridges as well. I think that might be yours, but I actually have no idea. I'm just guessing. But Anthony Edwards, I don't know. I I, I don't know how to quite describe it. Uh, I was going to say another word, but I wouldn't. Overrated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's get into the take then. Let's, let's, let's do it right here, right now, please. And it's not, and you know what? And I was surprised uh, listeners of this here program. Um, I thought she was going to say it was overrated because he stepped out of bounds. He st- oh my goodness, he stepped out of No, he didn't. His heel was over the line. If you had okay, your I didn't eyeballs. Say that. No, I know. I said I, I I was surprised you didn't say that. Okay. Because a lot of people on Raptors Twitter who don't like the dunk will say that. He didn't step out of bounds. Let's cut the crap. Just accept that he dunked on Yuta Watanabe. It's fine. What she did say was this. Okay. So, I don't care about the stepping out of bounds thing because he it's didn't. just it, he didn't also it's it's way too close to even you know to even make a whole thing about like I understand if it was you know the last playoffs when uh what's his name Jalen Brown was mm. completely out of bounds with the ball <laughs> and the refs were just like yeah I'm uh I can't look right now uh that's okay to get mad at but this mm, it's kind of stretching just let it happen it's, I'm, it's not, a cool I'm not mad at the dunk I enjoyed mm-hmm. the dunk mm-hmm. however I didn't like how people are making a big deal that he dunked on Yuda because all that happened was that Yuda fell and not and he fell because it was a natural, like he went up to contest it and then he just fell when he saw that he was getting dunked on. It's not a huge deal. The dunk itself is fine, but the emphasis was made that because Yuda fell like that, that's why it's the dunk of the year. And I just don't agree with that. Okay. It's my opinion. It's not a bad take. Leave me alone. <laughs> I still have it as dunk of the year. I think it was fantastic. Like he just, oh my, and especially because he tried one earlier in that game too, and he didn't get it. It's just, oh, I can't okay. wait to see him dunk on more people. Let me give you mine. Okay, fine. Okay. So I chose the Miles Bridges dunk against Clint Capella. That was a good and one too. here's the thing. <laughs> Put them side by side. Miles Bridges. I think that that dunk was more impressive, first of all. Um, and like they, they use this description of going full Vince Carter, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And never, nevertheless, I don't think that's the right word. Anyway, he did it on Clint Capella. Anthony Edwards did it on Yuna Watanabe. I'm sorry, but Clint Capella is 
a much more impressive person to dunk mm-hmm. on. No offense yeah, to, to Yuta, but it really is. And I think that's what that's what solidifies this dunk is me going over that Anthony Edwards dunk. It's just you have such a good defender uh, in Clint Capella, and then you have Miles Bridges, who's I think he's won the dunk, the dunk contest before, right? And I think he did. He I won it remember. once, or he was in it. Um, he was definitely in it. I don't remember if he won. Who cares? There are very few dunk contests that actually matter. <laughs> True. But uh, the point being, he's a good dunker. So, hmm. And he does dunks like this all the time, mm-hmm. which is also insane. And so I really enjoyed this dunk. I think it was full of, uh, like, oomph. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> full of pizzazz. Pizzazz, yeah, sure. I think <laughs> oomph is a better word. But is, They're both yeah. good, I think. They're both good. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> I still disagree. I mean, I, again, I obviously agree it's a good dunk, but I, I think the Anthony Edwards dunk, and so many good memes came out of that too. The reactions that came out of that dunk were hilarious. There were so many good reactions from both sides. The fact that there were Raptors too, be like, oh my goodness, Yuta Watanabe got violated on a basketball court. The poor man, he was assaulted even. Um, he was they're both, fine. They're both good dunks. They're both good. I think they both have merit. We're not wrong. Well, you're wrong for saying it's a bad dunk, but <laughs> the look. Can you take a compilation of myself like rolling my eyes at Bradshaw? Oh, it's, for this it would, pod. it'd be like five minutes long. Uh, <laughs> now to the last couple awards here. The best social media personality that can be mostly players because we're going to get to teams specifically in a second. Um, I think there's there's two I had in mind. Uh, I obviously Kevin Durant. <laughs> for obvious reasons just going at everyone but i'm not going to go with kevin durant actually because i think his interactions with michael rapaport bump him down i think that bumps him down a peg i don't think you can interact and have that i know it was supposed to be a private discussion and all that but it's still problematic language don't use that those don't use that language the fact you're using it in private still bad um i'm gonna go with john morant i think john morant is a very fun twitter personality i think he does he is he responds to fans he responds to league moments a lot which is really cool i think that's always cool when nba players respond to stuff like respond to highlights and stuff like that and i i I think he's i think he's a lot of fun on twitter and i like i like following him he's one of my favorite players already i got my john morant jersey in the background there but uh, i think he i think he's a lot of fun and i think his, his social media personality or just his twitter personality is very fun so who do you have yeah, so as a joke, I also wrote, I'm going to say KD because I know that's what the people want, but <laughs> I'm also tossing him aside and I am choosing Damian Lillard Ooh. because of, I know he's also very active with the fans and there's this one interaction that I love where some fan tagged him and said, can you win this number of games? Like I've been a, f- a fan of this team and I don't want us to be like, you know, bad or whatever. And then he quote tweeted it and he said, say less and after that they won nine of their 10 games of the next <laughs> 10 games so that is just perfect like a perfect story uh just a perfect way to encapsulate how he interacts with the fans and that is why i choose dame wait what was the what was the moment was that the same one where the guy said he like would lose his house if they didn't get to 42 wins or something like that oh it, yeah i think it's that tweet yeah have they gotten to 42 wins yet i gotta see that I'm not now sure. Is this guy? But I know. After that tweet, they won nine of their ten. Oh, games. they have forty-two. They have forty-one wins. They are very close. Uh, they've won five in a row. And I mean, I know. Shout out to a former guest uh, on this podcast, Honey. Um, he is on. He was on House Watch for a while, just tracking if this guy would lose his house. Uh, they're oh getting pretty God. close now, so they might not. <laughs> and that'll be very interesting to see. So. I'm definitely going to keep up with House Watch at the end of this uh, at the end of this regular season as we're winding down here. Our last and final award, probably the least prestigious on this, but you know what? We have a social media manager as a, as one of our co-hosts here. She is big into the brand Twitter accounts. Uh, you catch her as the social media manager for multiple Twitter accounts, including the one for this year podcast. Even though she likes her own tweets or likes people supporting her instead of me, taking. Take it. You can't. The, the podcast account can't take sides. The podcast account is a neutral. Just because observer. I like the comment doesn't mean I'm taking sides. The podcast account took a side, and I, I, I have, I have words for the podcast account. Um, the best Not team, fight me. One day I will. All right. The best. <laughs> this team is such Twitter. a chaotic episode. Absolutely, this has gone off the rails. 
uh the best team twitter account <laughs> please you take it away this is your award primarily yeah so of course i want to give an honorable mention to the kings They've always been great. I think the way that they use memes and everything has been amazing. But I chose this for this season, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. I think that their account has been really good at interacting with uh, with both fans and with other accounts. And they've had like a good mix of like funny and professional. And I think they did like a really good job all around to, to get more engagement and to, you know, to get more followers and stuff like that. So the Memphis Grizzlies have my pick and their fan base is lovely. So can't just, lose just like the milwaukee bucks fan base moving on um <laughs> how about the before i before i give mine who is who, do you have a pick for like worst who do you have some like worst team twitter accounts or social media accounts do any stick out as like oh these guys aren't very good mm, i want to say no i don't like, know they're, nothing's they're all, really they're, they're all pretty like, okay there's probably like, you know, the, you know, the ones that are probably least popular, I would say is probably the worst ones because they're not doing enough to uh, get Fair engagement. Enough. Fair enough. Like, for example, like also, it also has to do with how well your team is doing. Um, I think, you know, Houston Rockets, they're social. I don't think I've ever seen them. Yeah. Pop it's, up it's, hard my when, yeah it's hard to be funny. Yeah. It's hard to be funny when your team's bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, you deal with what you get. I, wasn't it the the thunder they won a, they finally won a game and they tweeted like finally or something <laughs> that's just uh that's great that's really good because oh, really uh, good. <laughs> people are just gonna flood their mentions uh because you know people have their their stuff with the thunder and how they feel about that team that's fair too um i'm gonna give a shout out to the minnesota Timberwolves twitter account uh, I think they do a very good job. Uh, they, I think, I think one thing that's really important, and this might be a small thing, is if you're a team Twitter account, turning highlights around as quickly as you can. Uh, like if something big happens in the game and you can turn it around quickly and get it on social media as quick as you can, I think that's huge. Um, and I think they do some of the best work with that. Where like I'm watching a Timberwolves game and I've had to watch a lot of them, obviously. Um, and I'm like, oh, I saw something really cool. I need to, I, but I have to, like I can't clip it myself. I want to. I got to wait for someone to put it out, but the Wolves are always getting it out really quickly. It's either them or the Bali Sports Minnesota account. They get them out really quickly. And I think they just, they're really fun. And I think they're one of the rare ones where their team's not great, but they have a lot of fun in the meantime because they have a lot of fun players. They have Cat, Anthony Edwards, D'Lo. They have a lot of really fun guys on their team. So I think they take advantage of that. I'm going to give a shout out to the Wolves. The Raptors account also is really good. I think the Raptors, we kind of talked about this off air uh, yesterday. The Raptors Twitter account has to like, they're just, a part of Raptors Twitter at this point. Like they're just part of the joke. They're in on the bit now at this point, like especially it is definitely you. Absolutely. The, that Gary, the Gary Trent jr. Video the other day with the, the slow-mo walk with the music. That was just, that was far too intentional. They knew exactly what they were doing when they did that. Uh, or sorry, you knew exactly what you were doing when you did that. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with the wolves, but there are, there are a bunch of good accounts. Um, the Kings obviously are really, really good, especially their Instagram. I used to follow their Instagram. Uh, a lot. I t- I had to stop at one point because the memes got a bit too much. I think they sometimes they cross the line a little bit with like I'm like all right, this is a bit much. But they're still they're still anytime the any account that you can use memes well is a good account. Um, but I'm gonna go. I have with a mean thing to say. What is it? The the king social media account is more consistent than the team. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's certainly uh, very true. I mean, I mean, depends how you look at it, though. The Kings have been consistently consistently bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to give them some consistently good. Then there, okay, fine. I, I, I'll give I'll give you that one. Um, hopefully, that team can lose Luke Walton as soon as they can. Not a coach of the year candidate uh, at the end of the season. He was for me before for long time listeners to this podcast. He was my pick. I'm very, I'm very surprised that you keep saying that because that just makes you look very bad. This is oh, actually this before we end the podcast. I, maybe I can get this in really quickly. You can tell me. You can tell me if this is a hot take or if I'm wrong. Uh, I think, and this actually came on the heels of something Shaq said. And I'll get to Shaq in a second. I don't want this first part to be taken as me supporting Shaq. I think we need to embrace being wrong more often. Like I think a lot of people in the media and fans, especially, need to embrace being wrong. Like don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid. Like if you have a bad prediction or you're wrong on a prospect, or you think you thought a player was better than another player. Like if I thought last year, Chris Middleton was better than, I don't know, Pascal Siakam, but it turns out to not be true. 
don't I shouldn't be I can't I should be afraid to be like, yeah, I was wrong on that. And your opinion can change now. Shaq takes that to another level. That's not being wrong. That's lazy. That's pure laziness. That goes beyond being wrong. That goes beyond like just like, oh, I messed up and I picked the wrong guy for this. Or even if you have a slip up, everyone slips up and like, oh, I forgot this player's name. But calling Julius Randle, Zach Randolph, as the team's MVP, playing at an MVP level, Zach Randolph hasn't been in the league the last couple seasons, man. Like, what are you doing? It's it's so frustrating. And I know, I, I think it was Ashley Dawking tweeted out, like, if Candace Parker consistently messed up as many times as Shaq did, she would get destroyed. If even, not even just a woman, if another media member who hadn't played if I was on national TV or oh God, I don't even know how many like non NBA. How many rings do you have? That's I what he's saying. I have no, I have none rings. Uh, if Zach, if Zach Lowe went on and messed up as many times as he has, like, not, like another guy that doesn't play or didn't play professionally. If we mess up, it gets taken, but it's because these guys play like, Oh, he played. He knows what he's talking about. Let's cut the crap. Guys that play don't always know what they're talking about. Shaq doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's just, it's so frustrating to me. And like, and again, I want people to embrace being wrong because it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to like joke about like you missing on something, but don't be lazy and don't like not care about the job because it makes the NBA fan base worse because people watch you and they take your opinion as gospel because you're one of the best players of all time. It's it's so, I mean, obviously it's frustrating to everyone. Well, actually, I don't think it's frustrating to everyone, but I know you find it very frustrating as well. Um, yes, I have uh, many words that I please, think about. Please Shaq, go, ahead, but go ahead if I, you want to. Uh, I just, you know, it's I've already focused so much of my energy on him that I've decided to just share as much basketball content as I can from people that I do uh, mm-hmm. respect and people that I do appreciate their content and that I think that they make uh, the basketball crowd a lot smarter. And I think a lot of these people are on Twitter honestly Mm -hmm. like and a lot of these people they need their own shows and you know it's it's a question of when when do we start to have that shift in what kind of shows we're putting on tv because you know there has to be a good balance between entertainment and knowledge Mm -hmm. but it feels like the entertainment part is kind of taking over and the knowledge part is kind of shifting away and away and away so when we saw that that all women's broadcast on tsn the entertainment and the knowledge was right there next to each other when they're not there. hmm, Well, you can argue that the entertainment is not that great either, but (laughs) the knowledge definitely goes away. So I I just think that we, we need to start pushing. And, you know, as more of us get into the industry and we start becoming those Mm -hmm. decision makers, we need to start changing things because I'm sorry, TNT, this ain't it. And it's like, it's not even just Shaq specifically too. Obviously he's one of the most, flagrant about it but it's the fact that like every year we go through this like the bit of like oh charles barkley doesn't know who these guys play for buddy like this isn't a why is this a bit like why is this funny why is it funny this guy doesn't know how to do his job properly like that's not funny to me like it's funny when he like picks teams to win the championship and he guarantees or whatever he does that teams are gonna win that's funny i I like that but let's not glamorize guys not knowing who these players are and like not knowing how to do their jobs properly. If I go on TV and I get a guy's name wrong and I call Julius Randall, Zach Randall, I get killed for it. Or like if I've already like, if especially, especially women, like more than anybody, they get killed for it because it's like, Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They, they didn't play the game or whatever. They don't, they shouldn't talk about men's. It's just nonsense, pure nonsense. And it's a very, this is a very heavy way to end the episode, but I just, that was something I wanted to talk about on Twitter, but it was too long of a tweet to put out. And I wanted to at least get it out in like my full thought of just, it's okay to be wrong, but also stop being lazy and stop glamorizing people, not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Um, So that'll do it for this episode of the shoot your shot podcast. Um, Hey, our most chaotic episode yet. And it ended on a high note. Um, If we were wrong about any of these, that's free. That's fine. Tell us we were wrong. Tweet at us at OMG Bradshaw or at Karina mm or tweet at the podcast account i don't know it'd be more effective to go at us but if you want to shoot shoot your shot at the shoot your at shoot your shot pod there we go didn't tie that one together as well as i wanted to but at us on all our social medias follow us on our social medias please um 
We'll be back next week, kind of giving us some playoff preview stuff. The playoffs are right around the corner. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if Crane is looking forward to it. Her team's not going to be in it, but I'm looking forward to it. She'll be cheering for is the that Bucks. Really necessary? If you're unless you're cheering for the Bucks, it's absolutely necessary. I am not cheering for the Bucks. So no. it was necessary. It was necessary. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot.